Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. It's so good to be in the booth with you once again after a week break because it got busy, people. We're back. We're on the 100th episode. Jenny Fleetmeyer is in the house for 100. Wow, that's an honor, Jay. That's cool. I didn't even tell you because I didn't, I wanted to, I didn't want to spoil it. A centurion. Yes. We have reached it, folks. A hundred episodes. So cool. Congratulations. Yes. We are excited that we are approaching this milestone, and we have a great guest for you today. A lot of great things happening here at Calvary, like always. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're sick of me saying this, folks, but go to calvarybible.com. Click events. Click your campus. Find out what's happening in your neck of the woods, because there's so many good things happening this spring. You need to get connected. It's so important. You stay connected here at Calvary. So go do me a huge favor on the 100th episode. Click at calvarybible.com and get connected. Also, we have so many great events happening on each of these campuses. It's so, so important that you're paying attention to announcements, to the midweek update, to all the information coming out at Calvary. Mm -hmm. All right. That's all I'm going to say about that. We have Jenny Fleetmeyer in the house. She is the director of family ministry here on the Erie campus. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. How excited are you that spring is a week away? Spring is a week away. There's still snow outside. (laughs) (laughs) Snow still could be coming. But yes, I love it. I love getting outside when it's warm. Yeah. What's your favorite spring summer uh, hobby? You know, over the last few years, I've really started to enjoy more and more paddle boarding. Yeah. Yeah. I'll throw my dog on the board and we go out to go out to one of the local reservoirs yeah. and paddle around. What reservoir will we find, Jenny Fleetmeyer? <laughs> Paddleboard. Is it a Wanaka Lake? Is it You know they don't allow no. it on Wanaka Lake. They, they only do allow, allow cool paddle boats that you can rent. But yes. I like to use my inflatables and hop on Union Reservoir perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. I know, it is fun. That is fun. How old's your dog? Fife is three. Aww. Almost three, like in a week. And can handle the paddleboard? He can handle the paddleboard. He just hangs out. That's really fun. I know. I love it. That's really fun. Actually, you know our bunny is going to have a birthday next week as well. Well, happy birthday, bunny. <laughs> it's Moo the bunny. So, Moo appropriate for the Easter season. That's yeah, sweet. It is really sweet. It's on the family calendar. I bet it is. It'll be a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. Actually, my daughter bought snacks for me for her birthday uh-huh. like a couple weeks ago. Sounds about right. It's like, okay, this is going to be a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so great. It is so great. Hey, so, um, you know, let's get to know Jenny Fleetmeyer a little more. Oh, boy. You t- have told us on this podcast before, sort of your backstory. I'm really interested in what were you like in high school? Oh, gosh. Probably a lot like I am today. Are you, were you, you were on the West Coast, right? I was in Washington State, so Lake Washington High School, Lake home of the Purple Kangaroos. What? Purple yep. Kangaroos? Yes, Kangaroo Power. That is the weirdest mascot I've ever heard in America. Awesome. <laughs> it seems like that's appropriate for Australians. No, nope, it was us, Purple Kings. Okay, Purple Kangaroos. Mm-hmm. And uh, what were your hobbies back then? What were um, you into? Believe it or not, I did martial arts. I studied martial arts for five years. No way. I did. I did. So and you, I did springboard diving. Okay. So you're yeah. a karate kid. Yeah. I was a total karate kid. It shaped me 
significantly. What type of martial arts did you do? I did karate. Yeah. And the style was Hayashi Ashikoryu. <laughs> oh How about that? <laughs> what belt what belt color were you? Everyone always asks us, did you get to black belts? I feel like kids get to black belts so quickly these days. Mm-hmm. At the dojo I was at, believe it or not, they um, were home to the Olympic national team. Okay. Though it was an expedition sport at the time. And we, in order to get a black belt, I was a brown belt. In order to get a black belt, you had to be studying for five years. You had to be teaching regularly and you had to be 18 years old. Yeah. So very different than what you see today. Yeah, totally. So I headed off to college and decided I wanted to do, you know, college life as opposed to stick around the dojo and become a black belt. Wow. I know. I loved it. We are learning so much from this. I know. It shaped me a lot. Like discipline, respect, focus, Mm -hmm. Um, being such a bubbly personality to have a place that, you know, you really were, it was more serious and focused and all the things. So you did that for five years? I did it for five years. Started in middle school. I was a washed up gymnast, uh, 14 years old. I had a career ending injury and Mm. then headed into doing martial arts. Did springboard diving because that's a good natural progression too of a gymnast yeah that is so you did that in high school yeah all oh, four fun. years what what meter were you in the springboard i just did the one meter one meter mm-hmm. it was a ton of fun i was a cool um f- our middle school had uh seventh eighth ninth mm-hmm. but as a ninth grader i got to dive for the high school oh yeah and i got a letterman's jacket that i got to wear in middle school what? now that's cool yeah you're the coolest kid purple in king <laughs> in middle school Wow. No, anyways, lots that's of fun. really fun. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Because that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I will never look at you the same way. Like you could literally do some damage probably <laughs> with your karate. <laughs> well, it was sport yes. karate. Yes. It wasn't as much street technique. Yeah, yeah. But that's really I can fun. talk to you about kumites and katas all day. <laughs> so when the Olympics come around every four years now, you're paying attention to the karate. I like the gymnastics. <laughs> you have a gymnast in your family yes, right now. Yeah, right, someone's right. followed in your that's footsteps. Right. But I would love to talk to any parent about their kids doing the martial arts. Yeah. It shaped me. Wow. Significantly. That's so interesting. I know. <laughs> Still have my karate gi and all my yeah. belts. Yeah. They come out at Halloween. Now, remind me, the, the karate movies came from, that kid was in California, wasn't karate he? Karate Kid. Yeah. Ralph Macchio. That was a was generation. A yeah, that was a generation for us. Yep. Yeah. I know. And Karate Kai. Yeah. What is it called? Kai? Something Kai. It's a series. Right Cobra now. Kai. Oh, yes. That's a that really good fun. series, actually. All right, we'll get back. <clears throat> you know, people complain sometimes that we... Too much chatter. Yeah, but it's okay. We learn things like this, <laughs> which are really important <laughs> to our life. All right, so Jenny Fleetmeyer is in the house today because um, I'm just always so impressed at the intentionality of Calvary Kids and helping equip families, mm-hmm. especially for the seasons in which we find ourselves in, in our family rhythms in life, right? Yeah. Um, from grandparents to young kids, Calvary is so intentional about helping each of us uh, grow in our faith. Mm-hmm. And um, your ministry does a wonderful job oh, with those families and our family. My family's a beneficiary of that, obviously. So um you know, we have a thing, it's called the Easter Countdown. Yes. And it's a 14-day guide. Yeah. Explain to Calvary listeners who haven't seen this guide <clears throat> or have picked it up but haven't looked at it. Yep, yep. Um, like us, like mm-hmm. the Ewings. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it designed to do? Well, I mean, our hope is that we empower families to disciple their kids. Mm-hmm. So when we have these seasons like Easter or like Christmas or even summer coming up, we like to 
prepare some kind of devotional guide that's simple, easy, fun, meaningful. Mm -hmm. So for Easter, we said, let's take six weeks and give families 14 family moments that Mm -hmm. they could have. Some people will do 14 days all in a row, Mm -hmm. gold star, but others do 14 moments over several weeks, or even if you just do five. So we created this guide that has 14 meaningful moments. And basically each, each day is a read this passage, talk about these questions, pray this prayer and hang an ornament on a little tree. Okay. So there's a little craft kind of involved. It's really simple. What, why ornament on a tree? This time around. Just because it's a craft. And it yeah. makes, I think kids um, hold on to things that they do with their hands. Or mm-hmm. it's a reminder that they can have, totally. you know, during the Easter countdown season. Like, look, there's two, three, four ornaments on the tree. You know, we yeah. have ten more that we can do. Or maybe you're going to be like, we only did five days. Great. You yeah. can color the rest of the ornaments and hang them on. And they're reminders of the miracles of Jesus, the words of Jesus, the final days of his life. Yeah. So it's just meaningful memories. Now, you know, one of the things that I've noticed back there is like the intentionality of having experiences for kids yeah. in your worship totally th- time on Sunday mornings yep. In, yep. in small group time. Absolutely. Why do you think it's so important that we connect our hands to our hearts when it comes to understanding the gospels, understanding God, mm. all that type of thing? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think studies have shown that using all of your senses to learn is most effective. It's not just for kids, but even for me, I feel like I'm such a simple learner. Like, tell it to me, but if I do something with it, we even did this at the women's retreat. It's like we had the teaching, and then we did something Mm. right after it. Kids are the same way. And for us, our priority is here's worship, and we use our whole bodies to worship back there. We're jumping up and down and clapping and doing all the things. We're on our knees. But then the lesson comes from these dynamic storytellers. But then it's time we want to train kids to be silent Mm -hmm. and then go and respond to what they heard. So we set up these stations around the room where they can interact with different prayer stations, different praise stations, forgiveness, all these different opportunities. That really, that was kind of also the impetus of why we ended our women's retreat with response stations because it's just time to connect with God. God, slow down, reflect, mm-hmm. you know, have a moment. And it's just like five minutes that we do with the kids, but it's creating this holy habit of listening mm-hmm. to God and responding. Right. So, yeah, anything we could do with our hands um, easily connects and makes a, makes a moment, makes a memory, something that we can show and tell and reflect back on. Yeah, doesn't that, uh, I mean, I'm just trying to think, like, <clears throat> we can learn from our Calvary kids as adults to pause and to respond, right? To listen, to respond. Those words you just said. Yeah. And how we do that in our house or in our own devotional time can probably should have some tangible expressions to it, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. For us to start our prayer by listening Mm. in silence. And for them, we do it like 20, 30 seconds, but it seems like a long time. Yeah. And then when the music begins to play they go around to their different stations by themselves yeah you know to themselves with god yeah mm-hmm. what is, what are some stories that you and we didn't actually prep for this but what are some stories that really stick out to you about that moment over the last couple of months oh. as you watch it unfold right and brooke can speak a lot to this because she sees it every other week yeah. we offer it every other week um one of the stations is the scrabble time station so it's 
um, basically they come to the station and it's this bin full of Scrabble letters and it's Scrabble different attributes about God, mm-hmm. which is so cool. And um, I went over to one of the kids one time and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, and he scrabbled out his name. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, that's the favorite thing for everyone to scrabble out. Right. And for me, it's like, oh, Ryan, I love that you scrabbled your name because you are a masterpiece of God. Oh, you know, it's this moment yeah. of like, you were created by him and he loves you so much. And then I, I see another kid and he wrote out the word indescribable. Wow. Right? That is a smart kid. That's a smart kid. I don't know if the spelling was right, but I just love that we gave them a moment yeah. to think of attributes of God and his word was indescribable. Mm. You know? That's wonderful. There was a, a leader um, that shared this past week that she went up to a, a little, a young child and who was sitting quietly alone and said, what are you doing? And the child remarked, I'm just spending time thinking about how much God loves me. Wow. wow. I mean, yeah. how often, when's the last time I've just sat in silence and thought about how much God loves me? Mm. Way to go. That's a holy habit. Yeah. And that's what we want kids to that's learn wonderful. how to do. How's that translated to your family life? You know, in your personal <laughs> time with developing your daughters mm-hmm. as they've grown, you know, in your household. What are some of the habits, especially around the Easter season, you know, totally. family things, traditions that you've seen very impactful, mm. formational for your family? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. Um, my daughter this morning said, Mom, you really Eastered our house yesterday because I put out some Easter decorations. Yeah. And and it's there's there's intentionality in it. I mean, we put bunnies and eggs and you know, different decorations around the house that are very, could be seemingly secular Easter. Yeah. But actually in my head and in my heart, I want my kids to bump into Easter mm. all throughout our house. And we don't go overboard. Yeah. But there's just stuff. And it's, um, it's framing conversations throughout the day, throughout the weeks leading up to Easter, whether it's books that are Easter books. We have three Easter books that are just out. Resurrection eggs. My kids are getting older now in middle school and high school, but we always put out our resurrection eggs and we tell the story and they tell the story and they've even made their own resurrection eggs. Mm. Um, I think Easter uh, movies. Yeah. I mean, VeggieTales has like three or four great ones out there. But bumping into Easter, the colors of Easter, yeah. right? You know, totally. you just talk, what, are the, what do eggs and bunny have to do with Easter? Well, you know what? It's new life. Right. Isn't, isn't Easter all about new life yeah. in, in Christ? Let's talk about that. You know, what, is, what could white, you know, symbolize? Oh, the angel, you know, or yeah. what could the green that we see all around, you know, with all the different greeneries we've put up, it's like, oh, that reminds me of the palms mm-hmm. that Jesus lays. So I think framing conversations and using opportunities in fun and meaningful ways, but simple ways too. Yeah, making spiritual things natural, natural things spiritual. Bam! Like always. Exactly. That's our human development it totally with Christ. Is. Yeah. You know, and I've also raised my kids um, embracing some of the liturgical elements just because of the church that we came from and they were raised in in their earlier years. And really the liturgical parts of Easter are so like tactile, mm-hmm. whether it's ashes on your head on Ash Wednesday and be reminded mm-hmm. whose you are and the where you came from and who loves you and forgives you. And then like palms on Palm Sunday right. and waving them. We're going to do a Palm Sunday parade this year. And just the celebration, the Hosanna, it's like creating these moments and these memories for kids, but also for those who are watching. It just points to the moment all the more, right. you know? 
So I think some of those have been really um, impactful for us. Um, we do Lent mm-hmm. in our house. Not like you have to, but hey, do you guys are you guys thinking about what you might want to um, do for the 40 or so days leading up to Easter that might remind you mm. of Jesus' sacrifice for us and what he went through before the cross? Mm. Um, I think three of three in my family are kind of embracing something. One's memorizing a passage of scripture because she's a worrier. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to memorize um, Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Um, myself and my um, middle daughter just have a towel beside our bed that we start and end our day on our knees in prayer, just mm-hmm. like a minute mm-hmm. or longer, you know, depending on that. And that's really special and meaningful. And for me, I think what we've always talked about with our kids, there's a, it's a spiritual alarm clock. Like what could serve as a spiritual alarm clock that every time you think about it or touch it or look at it, it reminds you to think about Jesus in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, so we kind of, for me this season, it's my cell phone because it's, it's my best friend and it's also my enemy at times, Yeah, totally. you know? Yeah. So it's like this, like every time I reach for it, I want to just remind myself, go to the, go to the throne before the phone and just say, thank you, God. I love you, God. Like just yeah. Simple, simple, tangible things. Yeah. I was reading actually <laughs> last night and about like how to develop a hunger for God. Mm. And I think those are very intentional ways to develop a hunger for God. Mm. Cause you know, as a believers, we, we read, we want a hunger for God. Yeah. We, but so often, sometimes we think that's only because I can write I can read God's word. Yeah. And that's very true. Reading God's word will develop an appetite for God, mm-hmm. a, a desire to be mm-hmm. with him and know him. Um, but we also <laughs> live in a world which is full of to-dos, totally. full of schedules, yep. full of rhythms that are forced upon us. And some are functional. We have to make money. We have to survive. We have to buy yeah. groceries. You have to fold laundry. Totally. You have to dust the house occasionally. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, whatever it is. Celebrate the bunny's birthday. <sighs> so what are ways, simple ways you can develop an appetite, a hunger for God in the simple moments? And those are exactly what you're talking totally. about. Like going Just, without, going without and reminds you of, I remember seasons where I would fast yeah. for weeks, weeks, go without food. And the connection with the Lord and the hunger, like understanding hunger and go, where is my where's my deepest desire being fed and filled from mm-hmm. was some of the most powerful times. I look back on journals of writing to that time. And you're just like, wow, those were really special moments. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. Feasting on God. Feasting on God. Yeah. And that's what the church calendars are designed to do. Lent is a moment, you know, <laughs> I was actually hanging out with some of the pastors in the, the community recently and our, um, our Greek Orthodox friend that yeah. I'm really good friends with, was very like down that day and i was like hey what's going on and he's like well i'm tired of lentils and peanut butter because in their community in lent they do not eat any animal products no (gasps) animal products no eggs no no anything like that through the whole month to the 40 days in order to prepare themselves because they really do feast really well after easter until and it's just um you know it's just a he was he was living it he was living he was like i'm just like tired of this Mm. it's making forcing my dependence upon the lord Mm -hmm. in a way that you know you don't have when you stop eating yeah sometimes yeah and so this is a great reminder to me like these are really 
moments where we can develop a hunger for God yeah. inside of being a normal individual. Every day. Every day. You know, I worked with college students for years, and they always had these crazy things they do during right. Vince, right? You know, one guy was like, I'm sleeping on the floor for 40 days. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, just <laughs> yeah. to identify with the suffering of Christ. Or another kid was carrying around, like, a significant rock in his backpack. Right. All of Lent. Yeah. And another friend who just wears this huge cross mm-hmm. all of Lent, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So there's just different reminders of that can point you to Christ in a season that feels a little bit more personal and intentional. Yeah. That I've totally. appreciated. At the beginning, actually, this is interesting. I say that my family, not everyone in my family is kind of doing Lent this year, but the very first day of Lent, our puppy died. Mm. And there was suddenly, yeah. because of a brain thing. And there was real grief, mm-hmm. real grief and sadness. And my youngest that day was like, Mommy, this is our Lent. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's so profound of that understanding is. grief and understanding sorrow and pain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Awakening. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Those are, those are personal <laughs> and very, we, we're Absolutely. so grateful oh, that well, you're willing to step we in don't like do that. It. We don't do it perfectly, but we really try and do some something. Yeah. Okay, so we're you know we're in the season of finishing out Luke. We're approaching the the final days of Jesus's ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to hear what are sort of some of your favorite moments or moments that really capture attention about Jesus's last week. When you asked that to me yesterday, I was like, that is such a great conversation starter with our with our Christian friends. Right. So I went home and asked my dad, I asked um, my husband and this morning I asked my middle daughter and I was like, Jaden, what's your, what's your kind of favorite part of the Easter story, you know, of the, the week leading up, you know? Yeah. And I was like, you know, and I talked through, I'm like the triumphal entry, you know, the last supper, the garden of Gethsemane, the flogging on the cross. And right. she looks at me and she's like, well, the resurrection, of course. I'm like, okay, okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good. That's yeah. good. The pinnacle of the our pinnacle, faith. Like, the pinnacle. Yep. Amen, <laughs> sister. That's good. So I think as I've thought about it in the last 24 hours, um, what strikes me is some of the very human moments mm-hmm. of Jesus. So I think I was thinking back when I was got to sit in the Garden of Gethsemane with these olive trees that dated back to the life of Christ. So, so you got to visit Jerusalem yes. at one time. Wow. Yes. You're one lucky individual. Oh, yes, My I goodness. am. I know. I got That's to, amazing. We got to lead a Holy Lands trip for 25 college students. Mm. It was amazing. The right. Bible became color. Yeah. So, But I remember sitting in this olive grove, the Garden of Gethsemane that overlooked Jerusalem, and... I really appreciated the humanity that Christ um, displayed mm-hmm. in a moment of like, I don't want to do this, but not your will, but mine. Like, would you please take this cup from me? Would you please not? And I appreciate that. In the same, in the same vein on the cross, he wasn't like this, uh, oh, thank you for letting me suffer in this way. He yeah. was like you and I in yeah. that like, Please, yeah. please don't have me do this. And why have you forsaken me? And I don't want this. And I really appreciate that he identified as fully human in the darkest of moments in a way that, you know, we will never have to suffer or identify right. with because of him. But on the flip side, I was thinking about the powerful words, the Psalm 22 that he quotes. 
from hundreds of years prior. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he's, you know, in his despaired moment. But in that moment of extreme pain and anguish, he's also quoting something far deeper from that psalm, right? You look at that Psalm 22, a prophetic psalm that's so evidenced of, yeah, he's referencing the whole of the psalm, not just the beginning. Right. And when you read through to the end, the crescendo, he is also saying, the work is finished, God is victorious, all nations will kneel and bow. In the moment of extreme pain, he's also admitting and his ultimate trust that God is victorious and he will reign. Right. And that is such a powerful, like, Ends of the spectrum right. in he's the li- moment. He's living into his full identity yes. at that moment. I think yes. identity is a big word. That, that is a big word. For, in that psalm. Yes. So I think that is so loud that through the studying of that passage over the last few, you know, several years, it's just become so much more rich with meaning mm-hmm. that in our despair and deep, dark moments... What an example of a savior that is also remembering, though I feel so far from you right now. I know that you are near. I know that you see me. I know that you care. I know that you win in the end. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. That is beautiful. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for the, the Passion Week, you know, we're reminded of this right now, especially in Luke. We are in the Passion Week, but we're through the teachings of Jesus in the Passion Week. Mm. And I was sitting in church Sunday, and I was like, man, we really miss out if we just see the events of the Passion Week mm. instead of like listening to Jesus talk during the Passion Week. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. There's so many great mm. teachings of the kingdom, of who he is, of what God's doing, what God will do, all those things that we miss out because we're like, oh, it's Palm Sunday, Palms. And then the next time is... Monday and Thursday, you know, communion, last supper and all those type of things. Yeah. And we miss out on like the conversations that were there that week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The return of Christ. Yes. The, you know, the 70 AD stuff and Mm -hmm. all those things. And I remember one of my favorite conversations he has is when he prays for us in John 17. Yeah. You know, like Mm -hmm. we miss out on all this goodness if we just see the events of mm-hmm. the week. Absolutely. And so um, this is a really great reminder that as we approach Luke, the end of Luke, as we approach Passion Week, mm-hmm. not to miss out on all that Jesus was doing that mm-hmm. week instead of the major things in which Jesus was doing. Totally. In fact, just recently we did this communion class for kids. Right. Right. And in this communion class for fourth and fifth graders, we want to connect the Passover meal of so many years and years and years and years, centuries, you know, of what they practiced to the Lord's Supper, right. the Last Supper, to communion. Right. And it's exactly right. Like placing ourselves as a disciple at that table when we're having what we think is just going to be a typical Passover meal, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden Jesus is like, I'm the lamb here. I'm the one that's going to be the final sacrifice. And what in the world, hindsight, we get it, but what would you have been thinking when you're sitting there and you're like, what in the world? Yeah. You are going to be the final sacrificial blood lamb 
that we've been, you know, yeah. smearing over our doors. What does that mean? I just, it's pretty baffling to think about. Yeah. And you know what, what's really interesting <laughs> with that, Jenny, is that there were several Passovers he participated with his disciples. We, we catch the major one. Yeah. You know what I mean? They like, didn't know it was going to be any different. No, they didn't know it was going to be any different. It was just the annual meal that, you know, the whole nation participated mm-hmm. in. And also the uniqueness of even Shabbat meals, you know, mm. going into Sabbath, mm-hmm. they did with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it's so wonderful that Jesus at that meal changes the conversation. Absolutely. And the disciples have no clue that he just changed the conversation mm-hmm. until a week later. Mm-hmm. You know, really about a couple of days later, but a week later, they'll be like, oh, he really did change the meal. You know, he changed a, a next season when they were talking and debriefing about it as, you know, yes. Pentecost and all those other things. Yes, there's so much I want to learn more and more about that meal. Yeah, it's a wonderful meal, by the way. <clears throat> it's If you could ever participate in a Seder dinner that's done by Christians, you have to say yes. Absolutely. Clear the calendar Mm -hmm. and just go do it. Absolutely. Just jump in Mm -hmm. because it's an amazing meal. All right. Thanks, Mrs. Fleetmeyer, for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Calvary, we have so much that we can learn from this conversation. I'm going to take away some real major gems. How my faith can be tactile, how my response to God can be tactile mm-hmm. with not only my, my mind, but my heart and my hands. Also, as we prepare ourselves for the Easter season, as we prepare ourselves for a great Easter weekend around here, um, let's just be reminded of some of the those stories that capture our attention and ask the Lord, why are you capturing our attention here? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, we forgot to mention something. I know we did. I just remembered as you're saying. We have a link below on the description today. We would love your help. On Easter weekend. On Easter weekend. Yes. We have kids, egg hunt. We have a welcome team, parking team. We have so many great things. And we have I? four services to staff for Easter Sunday for kids. We for need Calvary. so many volunteers still. So we're asking you to prayerfully consider jumping in, being a part of that team this weekend. And making it a great experience for all those who call Calvary home. Thank you, Jay. Yeah. Thank you. Talk to you later, Calvary.